You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday And, oh boy, do we have a bunch to discuss. There's going to be a key theme to all of the segments in today's show, and that's going to be the players and sitting out and why they're doing this, why they maybe should or should not doing this, and is this our call to make all of that. Um, And, you know, maybe what I think is some of the reason for a lot of this stuff coming out at this juncture in time as well. So let's just kind of dive into all of this in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans, because right now, as of when I'm recording this, it does seem like the bubble is in serious risk of bursting. So before we get into anything about the players potentially sitting out games, I think we need to look at the NBA and as they hurdle towards starting up the regular season at the end of the end of July, did they jump the gun on this, on announcing this, taking a bit of a victory lap? And saying we're coming back, we're going to have eight games, a potential play-in tournament, and then the NBA playoffs. Because a lot of the logistical things that should get, you know, need to be worked out should have probably been done before the NBA announced any of this or things were agreed to. And when the players' union, and the players' union is going to come into play here in the next couple of segments, um, approved like the return to play plan that the NBA had. It wasn't that they were just like, yes, everything's good. It was more, we'll continue to have discussions about this and keep talking and keep negotiating certain things, but let's keep going forward. That's not a great position to be in because frankly, it means a lot of things aren't finalized. And the big one right now, or at least at the end of last week, which we spoke a little bit about was, you know, do the Disney employees, how are they quarantined? How are they tested? How is this all going to work to try and prevent infection into the bubble city or the bubble that the NBA has going on? And while yes, I've said that I think some of the flatten the curve stuff has kind of shifted from flattening the curve so that hospitals don't get overrun to everyone stay inside till things get eradicated. And I don't think that's necessarily realistic, feasible, what have you. You do need to make this one a little bit more tight of a situation than otherwise, I think, just from the optics of it. And also, if you want players to feel comfortable returning when they can have some power and leverage in all of this, it might just simply say no. And some of them are doing that for COVID-19 reasons, and some are doing it for social justice reasons, too. And we'll touch on the latter part of that, again, in the next two segments, because it's very relevant with what's going on today in the world and what's going on in the NBA. So the NBA probably jumped the gun on all of this stuff. You know, you can present one plan that says, yeah, these people will come and go, but players will stay in and will minimize risk. Everyone will wear masks. They'll socially distance themselves. But it still introduces a greater risk into the bubble than if these workers were quarantined. How do you figure that out if you have to quarantine them? Or would that have been a sticking point? And could everything kind of get derailed? Or is this going to happen, you know, no matter what. And these are all valid questions and probably questions that needed to get figured out 
before we got to the point that we are. I think the NBA will end up returning to play. There's too much money at stake. Uh, and that's an important thing for a variety of reasons that we'll get into. One of it is just for the health and long-term health of the league. And if these players want to keep up the quality of life and the lifestyles that they have and provide money to their families, then you've got to go and play basketball. So I think overall, money's going to end up winning out over safety, over social justice, potentially. I don't know if those things are uh, you know mutually exclusive in this case. So it's going to be interesting to see, but this... I have more doubts today than I did at the start uh, than a week ago that maybe we won't see the NBA return again. I still think it's very likely, but I don't think it's close to 100% or anything like that right now. So the bubble is very much in doubt, I think, um, to an extent, but the NBA needs to figure this out and there's going to have to be some compromises and maybe it's going to be these owners and the league not bringing in as much money as they thought to their pockets because they're going to need to spend more of whatever is going to get made on all of this to make sure that players feel comfortable or are satisfied with the NBA's response to Black Lives Matter and the other social justice issues of the day because you already have all these logistical issues that are not sorted out that present very big concerns and then you have the players seeming to be uncertain or or a section of the players, a group of the players seeming to be uncertain if they should return to play because of Black Lives Matter and social justice issues that are going on around the country with the protests right now. So let's dive into that part of it, which I what I think is the most interesting aspect of all of this over the next two segments here in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So we'll jump into all of that coming up here in a moment, but don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Here Monday, Wednesday, Friday for you all at the very least, talking about everything you want to know around the league and more now. You know, we've got to touch on the social justice issues that are facing the day, particularly because they are very much tied to the NBA and also, frankly, it should be important to everyone in general. So everyone who's left a positive review on the podcast during this time, since I've been talking about this, I greatly appreciate it. There've been some people who've left negative reviews. That's disappointing to see. Um, and yes, I get the people don't come to the show for the, my thoughts on social justice, but right now you can't kind of avoid all of that. I'm not trying to compete with other places that talk about this primarily, but I talk about it when it's relevant to the NBA and when I have, and how I feel about it. So if you've left a positive review, I greatly appreciate that. It helps kind of drown out the negative ones. And if you could take 30 seconds to leave a positive review, a five-star review with a comment, that would also be greatly appreciated and very helpful for the show, particularly because, you know, in the podcast world, times are tough too. So subscribing, leaving a review, take 30 seconds each, if that, and are great ways to support Locked On Pelicans. So you already have the logistical issues that threaten the NBA's return to play and could complicate it or make it not go forward. But you also now have some players, very vocal players, that seem to be intent on sitting out due to social justice reasons. Let's let's not focus on the COVID-19 reasons. We get those. Those make sense. You don't trust it. You don't want to risk getting sick. You don't want to risk exposing your family. I think we all agree, like, fine cool. No issues there. Everyone accepts it. It's easy to understand. The social justice issues get a little bit more complicated with the role that NBA players and the majority, uh, not the majority, a lot of them seem to feel deeply invested in this as they should. You know, they're black athletes. All of what's going on around the country applies to them. And look, we've seen issues where there's been uh, excessive force used by police on 
NBA players. Thabo Cephalosha being a great example um, of this. It happened in Milwaukee last year too. So all of this stuff is very, very relevant to them, I think. And they really care about a lot of this. And you're definitely seeing, particularly with some of the younger players in the league, be much more socially minded, socially conscious than some of the older players are. That's just how people 25 and younger are right now. I've seen that in my industry, which is fundraising, um, among other things. And I think you can kind of see this all around, that people are very socially conscious, socially minded, and almost anything they do, it impacts what they buy, it impacts the employers that they work for, um, and different things like that. So seeing NBA players take a very active role in this and care very much about this, particularly a guy like Jalen Brown, let's say, um, not surprising. Same with Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving is kind of the guy leading the charge on this. I make a lot of Kyrie Irving jokes on last Wednesday's edition of Locked on NBA. I made a lot of fun of Kyrie Irving. It's very easy. I do think he gets, and so some of it's very deserved. The flat earth stuff and some of the other things that he does and says are a little nonsensical and at times outright dangerous, I think. But he does get a bit of a bad rap. He is a very thoughtful guy, and I think things make sense to him, even if he's not the best at articulating it to anyone else. He does seem very thoughtful that he puts a lot of thought into the things he does. Even if he's misguided in that, at least he's thoughtful about it, not just blindly going on on things. Even the flat earth stuff, he seemed to do a lot of research onto it, and he just believed the research that he was reading. Misguided, not necessarily the right things to research, but research nonetheless, I guess, which says at least something positive. And now he and Dwight Howard seem to really be leading the charge on players not playing in the bubble because of the social justice movement. And I find it interesting. I And to an extent, I get it. And the, so I think one of the things is these guys don't want to go back to playing basketball because if you do, their voices and everything they're doing are overshadowed by the games and who played well last night. How many threes did this guy make? How many points did this guy score? Who won the game? Who didn't? How does it impact the standings? All of that overshadows anything else. If they do any sort of demonstration before a game that goes on TV that people, millions around the country watch, everyone's going to forget about that the first time you see a dunk. The first time you see an amazing three-pointer. That stuff from the beginning is going to be forgotten. Same with anything else you do. Next day, the, the, the conversation is not going to be about the protests before the game or what these guys are doing. We're going to be here on Locked on Pelicans recapping the game, talking about what we saw, how rusty they were, is Zion looking good, all of that. That overshadows everything else that's going to be going on around this. I get it. And I understand why players then don't want to take the conversation away from what's going on around the country. And that if they're out at the protest sacrificing money by not playing games, the statement that that sends to others is very, very powerful. Potentially more powerful than them being taking a knee during the anthem before some of these NBA games get played. I fully get that side of it. I also get the other side of it too, that these players think they can make more of a difference with money. And if you don't play these eight games or the playoffs and don't get those checks, you can't donate as much money. You can't do a lot of good in your community too. So there's two sides of this argument and they make a ton of sense. I'm not saying what's right or wrong because right now that's not my place to do so. I'm a white guy. I'm not a black man going through this in America where I, I can't tell you what I think is best for the cause, and I shouldn't tell you what I think is best for the cause. I should just try and understand where both sides 
are coming from with this. And I get both sides. The issue is they're kind of very opposed to one another. If if you have a group of guys that sit out and then some go and play games, that's even the guys who are sitting out and showing up to protests and rallies and really trying to make a difference and keep the conversation on that get overshadowed by the stuff that's going on on the court. And so these things kind of are polar opposites in a way. They're all working towards the same goal. They just have kind of opposing views on how you go about and do this. It's a very individual thing, but the Players Association acting as a collective, whichever one they decide to do, is going to be more powerful than if some are split. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of these calls with players kind of figuring out what they want to do and trying to explain their side and almost argue for their side of what they think is the right thing to do. And that's where we are with the NBA. And this, more than anything, than all the issues the NBA have might really derail some things. So it's interesting to see the two sides on this. And different players are saying different things. There's also different strata of NBA players. It is very much easier for Kyrie, who's made over $100 million, to say, I'll walk away from the game and give it up up to focus on this stuff than it is for a guy who's made $3 million to say, I'm going to give all this up and walk away. There's different kind of money at stake for some of these guys here. And maybe that factors into it too. And you can't fault anyone for doing what they think is best for them, particularly a pro athlete when their shelf life is very, very limited. So this is going to be an interesting thing where you have multiple groups in the NBA really kind of at odds with each other. And how does that impact what's going on with it? I'm not sure. And this is where things are going to be interesting. But but I think you could also see why some of this stuff is coming out right now. And we'll talk about that in the third segment coming up here in just a minute. Before we get to all of that, it's obvious, but of course we want to say it, the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice, and that's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. I've said I'm going to donate my June paycheck. We'll have some more fundraising stuff for you all later in the week as I sort through some of the details here, but there's so much to talk about today and the stuff with the players that might derail the NBA's bubble and the return to action that I think it's important to focus on that. Um, So we'll talk about that again coming up here in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by Blinkist. This has been my secret weapon during the quarantine. It can be tough to find time to read, to you know have self-improvement. Sometimes you still have a lot of things going on during the quarantine. You're working from home. You're juggling kids, animals, cooking dinner. You don't have the kind of free time that you thought you might. I fully get it. Well, Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser, and it's going to be the solution to this. It's going to take the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people, business leaders, pro athletes even are known for reading a lot and trying to get those key takeaways and apply it to their life instantly. Blinkist is great for you to be able to use that too. And whether it's your morning commute, whether it's a Zoom call you're not paying attention to, anything like that, Blinkist is kind of a secret weapon when it comes to that. You'll be able to get everything you know from a book that would take you hours to read in basically 15 minutes or less. That is exactly kind of what you want. And if you go look at it right now, go check it out, Blinkist.com. You'll see a lot of the books out there, some that I would definitely recommend you listen to now. So with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library 
library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for just one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com MBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com MBA to start your seven-day free trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com MBA. Today's show also brought to you by rockauto.com. Maybe you're trying to save a little bit of money, do some do-it-yourself repairs on your car. You go into one of those big chain stores and it's going to be confusing. There are so many different makes and models out there that those chain stores, it's just impossible for them to stock all the parts that they need for your car and everyone else's car. Plus, chain stores have a different price tier for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But over at rockauto.com, prices are the same for everybody and they are reliably low. I am partially restoring a 1976 red Corvette and I go to rockauto.com to get all of the parts I need. I needed a new master cylinder, the one with the power brakes. They have it in there. They also have the one without the power brakes. It actually is going to need a new radiator. Guess where I ordered it from? Yes, rockauto.com. They have everything from engine control modules, brake pads, tail lamps, motor oil. If you even need new carpeting because you want to fix up your dingy interior, that's the way to go. They've got it there for you. So whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door from rockauto.com. A family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Check it all out. They've got everything you could need for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right so wrapping up today's show talking about why players might be sitting out or not and as i said it's not for me or really any of us to decide for these players whether this is a good move or not for them whatever they think is most important to the black lives matter cause and everything going on around the world i think is their personal decision to make and they will make the right one for them and what they think helps advance the cause um, over any other decision so this is a this is a weird one because i saw on twitter a lot of people White NBA writers, which is, look, the majority of it, say the players are being stupid. They're giving up money. They shouldn't be doing this. And these are the same people who said, you know, we're allies to Black Lives Matter and to all of this. And that, you know, we need to just kind of be quiet and listen. And all of a sudden they've started telling people what to do and what's right and what's wrong. And that's not the case here. I laid out kind of the reason why, you know, players might want to come back and why some might not want to come back and the reasons for both of those. And I think it's all very valid and I can't tell anyone what is right or wrong and we shouldn't be. So I'm not going to give you kind of judgment on either side of the fence here. One thing I could see being the case, and this is some speculation on my end, is that, you know, while these players might be willing to sit out. They also might just want to make sure that the NBA isn't going to try and silence any sort of protest or demonstrations they do at the game and go, look, we're going to sit out because we need to make sure that all eyes and the focus is on this. And then the NBA comes back and goes, we will allow you to do whatever you want and we will help you make sure that the message doesn't get lost in the return of games and forcing the NBA's hand that way. You look at a guy like Greg Popovich who flat out came out yesterday or two days ago and slammed NFL commissioner Roger Goodell saying he caved to Donald Trump by not letting players protest and kneel and that 
he then slammed uh, the NFL's hole over this sort of thing. The players threatening to sit out games so that they can be on the front lines of the protests and more involved with this easily could be a way to make sure that the they don't make or that the NBA doesn't let them do that. The NBA has a policy. They've had it for a very long time now. The players stand for the anthem. It's like in there. It's in the rules. That's why you don't see guys taking a knee. Maybe they stand behind the line like David West did or some others, but overall this isn't um, you know, the most uh, I'm trying to think like as, as progressive we think the league is, they still have a couple buttoned up policies that try and prevent any sort of negative light on them in this sense. So maybe, maybe this is the player's way of trying to force the NBA's hand and get rid of that rule and allow for a lot of very other visible demonstrations or things that kind of keep the protests in top of mind and not on who scored how many points last night, who won the game. And I could easily see that being the case for everything going on right now. Maybe the players are willing to to you know not play if they don't get that concession from the NBA. But if you're the NBA and you're seeing this, you basically have to let them do what they want at these games and in the bubble, right? You can't risk the bad press of one, them not coming and playing because that hurts you here in terms of eyes and money and all of that. Because frankly, if you don't have some of the big name players playing, you're going to get fewer eyes on it. I'm not interested in the Portland Trailblazers if Damian Lillard isn't on that team and I'm not getting to watch him. I'm going to probably skip those games and do something else uh, as much as I want the NBA to be back. So if you risk losing those players, you've got to kind of acquiesce to what they want. And you're seeing the players really take a lot of agency right now and um, and kind of take power into their own hands, use the leverage that they have, which is very rare that they have a ton, but they have a lot right now. And also if the NBA then tries to say like, no, well, you have to stand for the anthem and all of this, how awful is that going to look right now? Like, how is the NFL going to try and handle this? The NFL is just going to be like, don't come out for the anthem, stay inside for the anthem, and it won't be a big deal. Um, but the NBA, you know, you can't really deny this stuff right now. And this just kind of makes sure that the NBA can't deny any of this stuff right now. Um, and then the NBA gets a big win PR-wise for themselves. They go, look, we're going to allow our players to kneel during the national anthem. We're getting rid of that rule. It's going to look like a win for them. It's also going to look like a win for the players too. And I wonder if that has something to do with this. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's a big part or even any part. It may be somewhere in there. Again, speculation on my end. But I could see that being a reason why some of these guys are saying that they are going to sit out. So we'll learn more on this in the coming days and probably the next week or as well. But this is a big story. This is very, very important. And it's going to be very curious to see how this all shakes out. Because as I said, from what we talked about in the first segment with all the logistics and issues there, um, and now the players threatening to sit out for social justice, are we going to see the return of the NBA? And I'm not entirely sure right now, though I still feel pretty good that we should be able to see it. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, check out the Locked On Podcast Network, Rejecting the Screen Podcast. Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov going deep dives and long form interviews with former players, former coaches. You get a lot of great insight in there. It's been a really fun listen. Um, so thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Wednesday.